Yeah. And he brought me down a box, a couple, and I started sorting through them. And I'm gonna try and text you a picture of one of the things that was in the box. I'm sending it right now. Oh my god, is this from our the time we went? I think it must be. Yeah, it, ha- it has to be. It has to be the sixth book. <laughs> so the the thing that I'm showing Ashley is it's this little slip of paper that says. Midnight Magic Party, July 15th, 2005. And it's a little, like, raffle ballot. And it has my name and phone number. And it says, using your wizard's intuition, guess the number of gourmet jelly beans in the glass jar and win these magic treats. And we talked about this. I don't remember what episode it was, but we talked about when we went to the the Harry Potter midnight release party at Barnes & Noble. And it was, like, one of our first significant hangs, I would say. Yeah, definitely, I feel like, in our friendship. For you and me. Yeah, and Amy's dad took us, and I I always, I was saying on the podcast that it was, like, the first time, it was, like, one of my happiest memories, because, like, you know when you, when you become friends with people, and then you're, like, going to parties, whatever, and you're, like, yeah, this is great, but that's not, like, my identity, but, like, Harry Potter, a midnight book release, is my identity, so it's, like, finding somebody you can do those nerdy things with. Yeah. Anyway, I found this little, I don't know why I didn't turn it in, like, I guess I didn't win. Yeah, obviously not. Also, I'm kind of, like, creeped out because it's, like, okay, like, you're going to give us a jar of jelly beans, like, (laughs) the Barnes & Noble employees. I think maybe I'm just on guard because of these unprecedented times of COVID-19, but I'm, like, ew, did they wash their hands when they put these jelly beans in the jar? Like, do I want to win them? And are they the birdie bots, like, every flavor beans were, like, one might it might be tutti frutti and or it might be vomit flavored like do do we want this but yeah wow what a blast from the past i remember we got these little gift bags and it had remember live strong bracelets and then like everyone had their bracelets i for like at least a year of my life starting july 15th 2005 and for like way too long (laughs) afterwards wore my green live strong bracelet that like literally I think it had like an owl and a lightning bolt on it and it just said July 15th 2005 on it I think that's all it said and I wore it for far longer than I should have probably that's so cute oh god I think I still have it somewhere we got those and I feel like they also had Harry Potter glasses in them oh yeah we wore there's a there's photographic evidence of us wearing them yeah I didn't know if we brought those from home or anything you know what we very well may have I'm sure I was wearing my Ron Weasley shirt I remember that I got at Hot Topic sick yeah but it's like the ron in the movies like rupert grant doesn't do it for me it's literally the ron from the books that i love oh but are you able to separate those two because me once i put a once i put a face to the name that's who it is for me you know i think i read the books though the movie came out in 2001 the first movie i think and then also too they like looked so young in the movie and i like was already older than them at that point i think um I don't know. I just the 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 vision of Ron in my head is different than Rupert Grant. Can I ask you a weird question? Just since we're on the subject, and I yeah. don't want to get to Survivor, but this is interesting. Do you think when they cast them at young ages that they were hoping 
that Daniel Radcliffe and Rupert would go on to be like hot you know what I mean because to me it's like obviously they don't need a hot 12 year old but I think you know because I look obviously they're good looking guys they're like objectively attractive but they're not I wouldn't say they're like studs or smoke shows you know what I mean I know exactly what you mean I don't think like I mean Emma Watson is adorable oh yeah well she's beautiful she's beautiful it's so funny Hermione's not supposed to be that attractive though like yeah I don't know what I don't know what the thought I mean I know that Daniel Radcliffe's dad was involved in the movie in some way. I think he has some like yeah. industry jobs. So I don't know. But I mean, hey, he's gone on to do other good things too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. True. Well, we're here today to talk about Survivor. Allow us to introduce ourselves. I'm Laura. And I'm Ashley. We are two Harry Potter fans. <laughs> and we are also the co-hosts of this show, Idol Chatter, where we recap episodes of Survivor. Typically, we'll watch the live show and we'll put an episode out right after it airs. In this extended COVID-19 off-season, we've been digging through some old seasons. We are here to wrap up season 29, Blood versus Water 2. We made it to the finale. I know. I can't... And it's so funny. We've been talking about it, talking about it. But as you know, this morning, I woke up and was like, oh, wow, like, 42 minutes like that's all the time I need to really watch this episode I like to give myself an hour so I can pause and write down quotes and stuff but and then I was like oh my god it's the finale it's literally two straight hours no commercials of content that I need to watch in an hour's time how am I gonna do it but yeah I can't believe we're already here I know it's it's wild and the the thing the thing with this episode is So the way that it's broken out on Hulu, I don't know if CBS All Access is any different, but they have episode 14, regular episode, and then they have episode 15, The Reunion. So in my mind, I put on 14, I see that's that's the regular time. What I didn't realize was that it does bleed into The Reunion because typically it's a like you said, it's the two hour long thing. It goes from like eight to 11 at night with commercials. But I, I don't know. I just, I'm just like, why wouldn't you just put whatever? Just yeah. Put why wouldn't you just something? like, or call it like the last episode plus reunion. So, you know, but we should know we're, we're seasoned pros at this, at this point. It was, it was our mistake, but right. we, we ended up watching. I didn't get to finish the reunion. I, I like watched a tiny bit, but we needed to record. So. And I, I'll catch up on it. But before we get into it, I wanted to share some exciting news that the, the next season we're going to be watching is heroes versus villains and netflix just announced that they're gonna put some seasons of survivor on netflix and one of them is heroes versus villains that's what are the odds that was like what are they yeah i yeah anyone out there know anyone do statistics (laughs) but no i um that that's awesome because it's more accessible to everyone like as we know like i'm like hey anyone if you need my survivor or my cbs all access login let me know. Like I've handed it out to a couple people, but literally pretty much everyone has Netflix. So everyone can watch it along with us. Right. And I mean, I do think Hulu is pretty accessible, but for whatever reason, yeah, yeah, I think everyone has Netflix. I think Netflix also to me, not to get into like the user interfaces of the streaming services, but they do a better job of serving up content. So I'm hoping some new people will find the show. The other season they're putting on, I believe Ashley is season 28. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, our BFF Bryce. 
I know that's exciting. And well, those two, I think in general, I feel like Netflix like looked, read that EW article, whatever that ranks the seasons. And it's like, these are the two best ones. That's what we're putting on. No, you know what I think it is? I think they listen to this podcast. Okay. That I, I, I see you Netflix. I see mm-hmm. you. We'll, we'll make a deal with you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really excited about that. If you're, if you're new to the show and maybe you didn't watch 29, maybe you have been following along with us. That's where we're headed next. We'll probably, we don't have, we don't have it quite figured out, but we're obviously going to recap this finale. And then we're thinking maybe we'll have a couple guests on just to talk about this season as a whole, because a lot of our friends have been watching right along with us and they have a lot of thoughts. And then, you know, we'll, we'll probably dive into heroes versus villains. And I ideally, I, I forget when in November they're dropping on Netflix. I want to say maybe like middle of November. Okay. It'd be, it'd be nice to try and sync up with that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, since I didn't get to watch the reunion, I think some like good information and like good moments come out of the reunion. So I would like to definitely talk about that a little bit next week. And that I'm we're we're definitely gonna have more thoughts on this season than we can possibly get out on an episode today, unless everyone wants it to be three hours long. I know mm-hmm. our, our friend of the show Brian would love that, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep it moving. And if you're new to the show, if you if you're just tuning in, it's called Idle Chatter for a reason. We like to jump around, we like to go on a tangent. If that's not for you, totally understand. See you in the next life. But that's <laughs> that's our style. We we like to chat. Without further ado, this is episode 14 of season 29, Blood vs. Water 2. The title of the episode is, This is My Time. I can't remember who said who said that in the episode. Either do I at all. Like, I didn't notice it. Usually it's it sticks out to you. But yeah, I didn't notice. Oops. That's fine. So, with these finale episodes, again, if this is the first season you've watched, or if you don't watch it, but you just listen to the podcast, which I know that sounds insane, but I know at least one person who does that. It's Christy. Mm. <laughs> um, th- they do this thing in the finale where they they cut back and forth to the live studio reunion, unless it's season 40, which was Jeff's garage. But so <laughs> this opens up with Jeff at the reunion. And at first I was like, Jeff, we, don't, we haven't talked a lot about a lot of fashion moments, but I'm like, Jeff, what are you wearing? Because his shirt looked dirty. Oh, you know, I, I don't think I noticed because I was just like trying to like get through as fast as I could and take notes that I was just like my eyes were kind of glued to my phone and I was more listening, but I'll have to go back. I mean, I still have the reunion on upstairs, so I'll go check it out. We get a better look at it and he's just wearing a suede jacket and I think just oh. in the dark glare of like the, fu- like he's lit by just like a fire pit and it just looked oh. a little dirty, but Jeff kind of gives us gives us a recap of where we're at. We're down to Keith, Natalie, Missy, Baylor, and Jacqueline. He says that he's watching it with 500 of his closest friends. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and then he says, he's, did you notice like the different voices Jeff was trying to do? Like all throughout? During the reunion, he says, he's like, I'm watching this with 500 of my closest friends. And we all have one thing in common. We love Survivor. And it was just, that's how he said it. I, you know what? I think that, well, just like last week we were talking about, I was like, wow, Jeff said a pretty like profound quote. Does this always happen? I feel like I almost like tune Jeff out sometimes. Like not on purpose, but like. Yeah. I, I missed it. Well, you know, I think 
to that point that it, a good host should be somebody that you can do that with. Mm-hmm. They don't get in the way of the drama. I feel terrible saying it, but I'm thinking about Tyra Banks and Dancing with the Stars. Oh You're like, my god. Tyra, this is a train wreck. I know, I know. I like. I would actually like prefer if there wasn't a host, really. Like, we don't need... The old host was so much better. Well, uh, we'll, well we can dive into that at the end of the, end of the episode, perhaps. I do have some Dancing with the Stars thoughts, to be honest. Okay, so Jeff continues recapping. He explains that the new twist this season, because they have done Blood vs. Water before, but the new component was they would have these challenges where a loved one would have to battle their loved one and then the person who lost would go to exile island so if you win that's great but you're also sending your wife your partner your friend whoever to exile so that's shitty he he goes through you know some of the the ups and downs of the season like the john rocker bullshit which he does make an appearance at the reunion and it pissed me off ashley but we'll Uh get there He talks about, you know, when Blue lost their flint, when they had to ask for more rice, there was a lot of the rain. John and Jacqueline were a power couple, and Natalie blindsided John with an idol in his pocket. Five are left, and out of those five, Missy and Baylor are the only pair remaining. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm kind of surprised by that. Not Missy and Baylor, but, like, that more pairs didn't decide to stick together, but... yeah. Yeah. Something that's an interesting narrative choice, too, is throughout, I want to say this season, but this episode and reunion in particular, Jeff mentions, I want to say, not even Jeff, but a lot of people, it is mentioned several times, Missy's divorces. So at one point, Jeff says, they've stuck together through Missy's multiple divorces. And it's like, <sighs> okay, I, I mean... I don't know. And I don't know if that is the story that Missy is leading with. So that's the thing that they are leaning into. I, it's just, again, going back to my feminist agenda, I don't like defining a woman by her relationships. And yeah. I, I don't know. It's just not, it, it wasn't super interesting. It's just, it wasn't my favorite choice that they made, but that's, that's what it is. And then he says, you know, Natalie, her whole shtick is that her sister was the first person voted out of the game, and that's given her her fire and her drive. For Jacqueline, her and John dominated the game, but now she's in it for herself. <laughs> oh, and then we get to sweet Keith. Oh, what, what did he say about Keith? So they kind of like Keith introduced, because this is all kind of, he's narrating this over everybody, but then Keith introduces himself really and you see him he's talking to the you know he's doing his interview and he goes bet you're surprised to see me again ain't ya <laughs> and then he's he's like determined to beat the odds and he's like i think i got this baby i'm tough positive mental attitude oh, just like, oh, you know so what sweet. i think that i wasn't paying that close attention to the recap because i'm like i know who natalie is i know who jack you know i know all of this and i feel yeah. like just in general even when i watch live i'm just like yeah 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 jeff get to the dirt i want like i want to watch the challenge and stuff i want to go back to camp so i feel like i just tuned it out but i'm ashamed i i missed that uh eat gem well then we get we get to the dirt because they get back from tribal where they blindsided john and jacqueline is pissed like she's not 
trying to keep her cool even a little bit. She said, for, I mean, it, it starts out slow. She's like, dang, guys, that was brutal. And Natalie's like, you got to do what you got to do. And then ja- Jacqueline's like, well, that was really good acting. To which, so then Missy starts getting in to loyalty. And she's like, you know, I'm a really, I'm loyal to a fault. And I know, like, John is loyal too. And then Natalie chimes in. She's like, it's a game. And they get into this whole debate about the game versus real life. And Missy is like, you know, I'm loyal. And, and Jacqueline's like, but John's loyal in real life. And Natalie's like, no, I know. And she's like, you don't know John in real life. You only know him in the game. And that's when it gets super heated. Jacqueline snaps. She goes off on Natalie. She's like, I don't, I don't need to hear it. It's about what you would expect, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, because I think that I guess, like, I mean, obviously Jacqueline's fucking pissed, like, and she feels betrayed and, like, she's sad John's gone. So I get it. I guess, like, technically her, Missy and Jacqueline were talking about real life John being loyal and stuff. And Natalie, I think, is like, is he really? And then mm-hmm. that's when Jacqueline really, like, goes off. So, like, I get it. She's She's pissed, but... I mean, Natalie says, you know, towards the end, it's good that Jacqueline threw a fit in front of everybody because mm. maybe they'll be more inclined to go with her than Jacqueline. So, yeah. Yeah. So then we see Missy and Baylor talk and they're, they're thinking about the final three discussion. And this is weird. Oh, at this point, Missy also has a hard cast on her ankle. But they're kind of talking about how their goal was to make it to the final three. And then Missy's like, well, but it's all, it would also be nice to win the million dollars. And it's just kind of a weird conversation where they're trying to think, like, who do we bring? What, what's our, what's our yeah. situation? And Missy, too, she's uncertain, really, about her injury at this point. She's like, I can't compete. You know, what am I going to do? And I, I feel like it's at this point that it, 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 it might come later in the episode, but the sentiment is there, at least here, that they have, like, a better shot with two of them in the finale. Right. And this this is a theme, I feel like, throughout the episode. This topic comes up a few times. And I don't understand why they would think that two of them being up there actually gives them a better chance. Right, because if you have one person in the jury, you're guaranteed one vote. Well, and just in general, no matter how you slice it, if you are playing with your loved one, there are decisions that you've made together. So one person might respect more what you did. One person might respect your loved one more. So it's better to just have one person up there representing the two of you than where it could possibly split. Like someone might be like, oh, well, I think Missy engineered that move. I think Baylor Mm -hmm. did this one. Split splits their chance. Because I'm sorry, if one of them wins, they're sharing with the other, I would think. (laughs) Yeah, you would hope so. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't I don't get why they think that betters their chances, but I agree. Yeah. Well, next we get into the reward challenge. Missy hobbles in, she's not going to play. This is a a little bit of a complicated challenge, but they're they're te- everybody is individually tethered to a rope and they have this little jungle gym like wooden structure that they have to duck into, duck out of and basically untangle their rope. So that they then have enough slack to go over and build a bridge. And the bridge, it's also kind of like monkey bars on a jungle gym, I would say. It's not an actual bridge, obviously. But you can only build it as you go across. You can't, like, go around to the other side or anything. So you basically pick up all these dowels and place them one in front of the other. 
you can only carry so many, so you've got to go back and get more. You need to make sure you have enough rope to do this. And then once you get across to your bridge, you are going to get to this tower of blocks and you need to use sandbags to knock over all of the blocks. Correct. And then what are we playing for? We are playing for an advantage in the next immunity challenge. We don't know what that advantage is, but that's that's the prize. Everyone wants that. Have they done this before, Ashley? Do you know when they started introducing this kind of thing? You know, I would say this is season 29. I don't know if this is the first time. I feel like we maybe have seen it before. I'm trying to think when. I mean, they've done it at the auction, but that's different. Right, that's true, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I I think sometime in the 20s, if if not starting with this, maybe like a little bit before. Yeah, and you, you really got to wonder, again, I, I say this every single episode, that we don't get into a ton of the editing ins and outs, but you do have to wonder if this was a choice that was pre-planned or if this was like, you know, we really love Keith. We want him to have a shot. We really love Jacqueline. We want her to have a shot. And we don't, you know, we want to make yeah. sure that somebody's getting a literal advantage. Yeah, that could be. If it were me, I'd be like, can a burger also come on the side? <laughs> I, know. I know. Yeah, I know an advantage is great, but. <laughs> God. Well, and sometimes they do an advantage in that you get a meal before the final immunity. I feel like that's a good one to win, too. That is. So they start... Oh, Missy's not going to compete in this, by the way. Like, her ankle's far too fucked. So everybody starts off, and they're getting their, this rope out of the weird structure. Keith pulls ahead pretty early on. He heads out yeah. first. He's followed by Natalie. Keith starts working on his bridge. Natalie and Baylor are working on their bridges, too. Jacqueline's pretty far behind at this point. Yeah, she's, she's like, stuck unspooling herself from, like, the structure that she's tied to. And then Baylor starts to struggle because she's, like, getting tangled up while she's trying to place the Dallas on the bridge. Exactly, exactly. At one point, Jacqueline takes it. Jacqueline hurts herself a lot in this Yeah. Episode. Oh, that I mean, painful. they all do. We see at one point Keith has some bloody knees. Anyway, Keith maintains his lead pretty much throughout this challenge. Natalie and Keith kind of catch up. Keith pulls ahead again. And eventually, Keith is at the point where he is throwing the, the sandbags at his blocks. Mm-hmm. At the point that Natalie catches up and starts throwing, Keith only has two blocks left. So yeah. this is really Keith's challenge to lose at this point. But he doesn't. He throws his bags at those blocks, and he wins the reward. Oh, I'm so happy for him. It's so cute. So, you know, he does his little spit take, and then Jeff says, all right, well, you got to send somebody to exile. And he is super distressed. He puts his hands over his head. Partly, I think he feels bad. Partly, I think he just has no idea who to choose. Uh-huh. He, he picks Jacqueline. He says, how about Jacqueline? Because he, you know, but also, one thing I want to say, Jeff makes the point, Missy has never been to exile. Yeah. But then he's like, shit, it'll take her a while to walk there because she's hobbling. So he doesn't send Missy. Missy's never gone to exile. He picks, he says, why, how about Jacqueline? Which I guess it's a, it's a smart move, right? Like if Missy, yeah. Baylor, and Natalie are the type three, you want that alone time. I don't know that that's Keith's approach necessarily. I feel like he was, I, I actually probably think it was more like, well, I can't send Missy. Like she's hurt. And, yeah, Na- and, and, and Natalie, 
and Natalie has gone twice alone. It was really a toss-up with Baylor and Jacqueline because both of them have gone, but they went with another person, which I right. think, and, and, and at the very beginning of the game as well, where you're not mm-hmm. as depleted, so... Natalie makes a really funny comment. She says, getting beat by a 55-year-old man is tough. <laughs> yeah. But Keith is a champ. Like, he really he's is. a challenge beast. Yeah, he is. We take a little palate cleanser to go back to Jeff Probst at the live yeah. reunion. And the, the one of the big storylines of this season earlier on was how the one team ran out of rice. And Jeff is comparing a bowl of rice that they get per day to regular meals that people eat. So you have a breakfast platter, you have a burger and fries, you have a big plate of spaghetti. And I'm like, damn, that looks good. I'm like, well, one, I'm like, again, I always should, I should learn. I, I never eat before we record pretty much, mm-hmm. pretty much never. So then whenever like we talk about, like at first I see the food when I'm watching, I'm like, that looks pretty good. And then we talk about it at like, you know, two hours later. And I'm like, oh man, I want to know who's eating like that every day though. Yeah, me too. Like, and not gaining, like, a, like a ton of weight. Like, even if I eat, like, lettuce for, like, one meal a day, like, I Jeff, manage to maintain. Jeff made a statement that, and I don't know if he said, was saying this about, I think he was saying this about the spaghetti. He was like, that's 525 calories. And I'm like, in what universe? He said the whole meal, he said the whole thing was 2,500 calories. 2,500. Okay, the I whole, heard 500. Or, or sorry, the, no, the whole, um, no, he meant the whole day of food is 2,500. Got like, it, thank you. And I'm like, I looked at that spaghetti, like how much there was, and the burger alone, uh, Jeff, no. That was generous. So he goes up to this little girl in the audience, and I only point this out because Jeff says something super weird. And he goes up to the little girl and he's like, all right, here's the rice. This is your first survivor test. And then he's like, you'll be on Survivor someday and you're going to make me eat this rice. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I feel like he meant like, you're going to show me, like you're going to give, like, but he, it was just a weird thing to say. Yeah. I just, those whole like audience aside with the children, like never really do it for me. Cause it's, oh, I'm not being a kid on live TV, like. It's just so awkward. Like, I would have been terrified. I just, I don't know. I'm just like, okay, Jeff, move along. Did you see that was Jacqueline's guest? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's on the back of her chair. It, like, said friends and family, and it said Jacqueline Schultz. Oh, cute. Yeah, so I don't know who she was, but, yeah, one day. Then then I, it it spurred me (laughs) thinking, I was like, okay, CBS, pitching you this idea a season comprised of all people that were once children in the audience that Jeff talked to. That is a genius idea, Ashley. And they would be all different ages because, you know, the show's been on for 20 years. So some of them are probably like, you know, in their thirties now. And then some of them are like 18. I'm trying to think of a really catchy title for that season. Uh, Wasn't someone Courtney, was it Joey King was in the audience? Yeah. Yeah, Courtney Courtney caught that. She like screenshot it. So Joey King, who's in um the ki- like the kissing booth on Netflix and she was in that um Oh my god. That I can't... one Hulu documentary. Yeah, about... the one yeah, the one Hulu series docu-series about um Gypsy Rose Blanch- yeah. Blanchard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Anyway, so she was a, once a survivor kid in the audience. So imagine getting Joey King to come on this season. I know they have she's like current celeb. I know they have past celebs sometimes, but I think I think we're on to something here. Yeah. 
So we're going to go back to the show and we see Jacqueline going to exile. And I, here's my question is I'm immediately like, is there going to be an idol there? Because John found the exile idol and he went home with it. I know. I was thinking the same thing, but Jacqueline sees the clue and she's like, oh, but I'm like reading it. I don't remember what it said, but she's like, oh, the same clue everyone else got. And I feel like just chucked it in the fire. Right. She didn't even try. And the thing is, I guess if there, if there had been a new idol, I, I don't know what narrative they're trying to tell us, but I wonder if they had, if it was there, if they would have panned to it and then, you know, been like the music, like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you should be looking. I would have at least looked. I mean, if she did and there wasn't, and that's why we didn't see it, but. Yeah. Well, maybe is, is this the idol that Natalie found back at camp though? This clue? Doesn't it say something by the fire? Because John found his last idol oh, I see. in that hole, like on the, right. like, you know, like in, the, in like the rock formation, like by the water, he found it in the hole. I think that was the last idol found by John, but do they, but Natalie found that one though. So it wouldn't be in the same spot. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I should have I paid attention to the clue. John had the idol. Isn't there some way that you could literally just like, everyone knows John has it. Why, is there a way that, like, you could put it in, like, a bag in between and then J- Jacqueline could grab it? Or why can't he give it to her? Like, I is think that it's a, a rule. A rule. Like, one person has to have it in their possession. If I was John, I would give it to Jacqueline to hold on to and then just tell her whether or not to play it. Like, I feel like he was going to be targeted more than her. You know what I mean? For sure. That's an amazing idea, but... yeah. So it's a really good, that's a really good point. I think I think that's what should have happened, but I don't I don't know. Yeah. But otherwise, we just see her struggling trying to make fire. She's getting pretty emotional, and she's talking about, you know, that this she does have a little more skin in this game because to her, you know, a million dollars can change everybody's life. Let's be honest. But she's talking about because of her disease, MRKH. That's it, right? MRKH. Yep. She she can't have kids biologically and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm getting that terminology wrong but they're gonna need money in order to have kids and to start a family and she wants to do that so it her winning this money you know gives her a better chance of having kids in the future we get back to camp and Missy Baylor and Natalie are talking about voting Keith off next we flashed to Keith reading his note and it says, you know, he's going to get to practice the next challenge and he can practice as long as he wants. But when you stop practicing, it goes away. It's not like you can practice a little and come back to it. Um, as Keith's reading this, he's like, good grief. Cause it says, he's like, this is going to require patience and finesse. And he goes, Jeff wasn't there and nothing to fill me in. It took me a while to figure it out. Oh my God. I was dying. Yeah. And- Cause he, there's just like a couple clues there yeah. for him but it's not yeah Jeff wasn't there to let him know exactly and this challenge is going to be so hard to describe to you all it looks a lot I call it the mousetrap challenge it reminds me of that game mousetrap yeah it's basically this like series of metal poles wires whatever and you gotta like navigate basically three ping pong balls from one end to the other using these two really tiny paddles so you have to balance, but you also have to know how to work essentially this maze. So this it's not even sometimes when they do this, when they give you this little challenge practice, it's just a component of it. But this is the whole damn thing. And so Keith's reading this and he said he's explaining how you have to get the three balls across and he goes, 
complete that three times, bam, necklace around your neck. <laughs> yeah. And I well, love that he just keeps calling it. He doesn't call it immunity. He calls it the necklace. He's like, man, I got to get that necklace. I got to have that necklace. Oh my God. I know. And he does say something too. I don't yeah. know if you have the the full quote, but he's just describing like being a firefighter. There's something called flashover. And he's basically like, you stay and die or jump out the window. Mm-hmm. He says, you better do something quick. Like, yeah, he so, something quick. I guess like this is flashover for him. Yeah, this is called this is called flashover. He says, "I'm ready to tackle this baby and get that necklace." Oh, Keith. But it, it, the the edit the edit here is very weird because they just show him practicing this and they show him struggling and struggling. At no point in the practice do we see a light bulb moment. It does not click, you know. And I was getting worried, Ashley, because I'm like, oh my God, what if this is to his detriment? Like, what if, what if this makes him totally overthink it? Yeah, that could be. And like, also too, sometimes just because you get a chance to practice doesn't mean you're still going to be naturally good at it either. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. We got to the challenge. Everybody has their own mousetrap-like table set up. Missy does say, so she has now engineered herself because she has that hard cast, keep in mind. She's taken one of, she says Big John. When they say Big John, does that mean John Rocker? I, what, what, did, what did she say exactly? I, I actually, like, I missed that. She says, I took one of Big John's sneakers that was laying around and like got my cast to fit into it so that I have a sneaker on my other foot. Oh, I don't know. Because she specifically I, said Big John, but then we had that one challenge where John Meesh was like, who is Big John now? It was so weird. That's I'm still I, not over that. <laughs> I, I know. I think, I think probably the original. Okay. Like John, because John Rocker's humongous. But so because she has this new shoe cast, and it's also a challenge where you're pretty much just standing in place, you don't have to run around or anything, Missy's going to compete. Mm-hmm. So... Again, already explained this a little bit, but you have this big table. It looks like a mousetrap. It's kind of like a maze. You've got two small paddles that you have to maneuver the ball through different obstacles. If you drop the ball, you got to start over and you have to get three balls through to win. So we get started and everyone's kind of figuring it out. It's trial and error. People are trying to get their bearings. Missy at the beginning is kind of doing the best it's it's a lot about patience and this is again I'm like oh my god Keith is so in his head here like he is really struggling it does not look like the practice helped at all yet but then Keith gets his first ball through and at this point Keith is like flying through it yeah I I had a feeling he was going to I feel like he would be good at this anyway and so the fact that he had practice i i was pretty sure i think just in my heart i knew he won just from like watching it before in my love and confidence you know in him but yeah he starts to excel he he flies through it and i think that's that's the whole thing is he's he's not an overthinker you know (laughs) very good point (laughs) and I, i think that really helps in his in his benefit so keith wins immunity and guarantees himself a spot in the final four oh yes at this point, I do want to mention, keep in mind, Natalie does have an idol. Yes. Okay. So, like, basically, Keith and Natalie have a guaranteed spot. Okay. We take another little break with Jeff, and we visit with somebody else in the audience. His name is Austin from Make-A-Wish. 
And he did, he got to visit the set, he got to visit the show, and he actually created a challenge that was featured in the show. And it was that one with the teeter-totter and the hay bale, the one where Missy broke her ankle. I wrote, oh my god, Austin is savage. That challenge was so hard, it sprained Missy's ankle. I was like, damn Austin, because at first, like, I guess Jeff was saying, you know, I've never gotten, you know, a challenge on the show, and, you know we we need to make sure at the end of the day we're making the best show so we weren't sure that you know your challenge would actually make it on but the producer you know whoever's in charge of the challenge is was like no man i think this is going to be on the season if i had to make up a challenge it would 100% be something more psychological it wouldn't be like a physical challenge do you know what i mean yeah i don't know. i don't know what that would be. I think there we had we ha- we were on to something in one of the episodes I think Ashley where it was like whoever laughs first or something like that oh that would be a great one right like you have to be silent the longest or something yeah. I don't remember quite what it was but something along those lines I don't know that would be crazy well we get back to the game and this might be my favorite part of the whole episode oh because yeah they're they're all congratulating keith and he goes i'm good with balls <laughs> oh cute yeah. oh. Well, and my, then, it's funny because i thought you were i kind of just like forgot i thought you were talking about what happens next because this was also weird and i was like oh but your favorite interesting well i like this part because keith is sitting down to do another interview and he's like yeah, I ought to have this by now. And I thought he meant the game. Like, yeah. he must have the game in the back. But he meant the fucking interview. He, like, couldn't <laughs> get his thought together. He was like, you know, your mind goes on day 38 or 37. Okay, coming back to camp. Take two. Like, they were basically asking, him, like, all right, Keith, what happened after the challenge? And he, like, couldn't get it out. Oh, my God. Uh, it's precious. Hilarious. He okay. said, you know, coming back to camp wasn't too bad. I mean, Jacqueline knows that she's going to the jury. Yeah, so he's pretty confident in that. Mm-hmm. And then I believe, though, this is is this where we go and talk to Natalie and Baylor? Yes. Well, first Natalie and Jacqueline talk. Okay. And she says, you know, she's not just going to lay down. She's, she's going to go out with a fight. And Jacqueline says to Natalie, like, you might want to get rid of Missy because Baylor does whatever her mom tells her to do. This is when we go to Baylor and Natalie. Yeah. And... They're just they're just talking. I think Baylor's just pretty confident, you know, that it's going to be Missy, Baylor, Natalie mm-hmm. going still to the final three. And then Baylor says for some reason, oh, well, like, Natalie, you still have your idol. You should play for my mom. Weird. Why? And Baylor's like, oh, like, well, I think you're good. Why would someone do that? I don't know. I guess if, ba- if Baylor's thought is like, we're voting out Keith, but Keith could vote Missy, but that wouldn't even be because Keith thinks that it's Jacqueline. Yeah, it's weird. Well, Keith has the necklace. Right. Sorry. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So it's hard because there's, there's two this week. Yeah. Yeah. It, exactly. Sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's weird. I don't know why she says it. I really, I really can't explain it. Um, you know, Natalie kind of closes off by saying big moves do win this game. But what big move will that be? Ooh, we will find we, out. We get to Tribal, and first and foremost, we see a newly showered, newly laundered John Meesh. And 
Look, we've spent a lot of time talking about John on this podcast. We love him. We love a John Mish. However, I'm not loving this mustache and goatee that he is rocking at Tribal. I wrote John kept his facial hair, LOL, with that thinking emoji. Yeah. He didn't keep all of it, I don't think. But he, like, cleaned it up. But he didn't clean it up how I would have liked him to. He can clean it up by taking it all off. It's funny because I wonder if it's the kind of thing, like, that if Jacqueline was with him, she'd be like, oh, my God, shave that off. And he's like, cat's away. Yeah. John's going to play with his facial hair. Very good point. So Jeff asks, he starts off by asking about the last tribal and Keith goes, yeah, and we, we went back and it got into a real cat fight. They were like, rear, rear, rear. <laughs> oh. and then Jeff goes, so it must be nice to have immunity. And Keith says, Roger that. <laughs> my I just favorite. love, it's my favorite. I love that he refuses to give them the sound bite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Roger that. Roger that. That's how I want to answer people from now on. Oh my god, let's make this a thing. Yeah, when you're like, Laura, are you ready to record? I'm just going to be like, Roger that. <laughs> so, then something weird happens. I, I didn't quite catch how it was brought up, but somebody brings up probably Jeff, idols. And Missy says that she's confident about the idol situation because she knows who has it. And she's like, blown up Natalie's spot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I guess, if maybe at that point, like, it's Jacqueline and Keith's game to, not Keith's safe, technically, but I mean, as far as their vote goes, she's so confident that she, Baylor, and Natalie are voting together that she's kind of just, like, adding insult to injury, not mm-hmm. so much it impacting what happens. Mm-hmm. I I want to mention for anyone who this is the first season you're watching, this is the last point in the game that you can play an idol. So once you're in that final four, you cannot play an idol to get to the final three. Mm-hmm. So a little, a couple more back and forth, but ultimately it's time to vote. And Natalie plays her idol for Jacqueline. Yeah. Well, and then when Jacqueline goes up to vote, you, Baylor goes up and you can see that Baylor votes for Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. We see Jacqueline voting, but we don't see who she's voting right. for. And she says, like, Nat, you told me to vote for this person. You know, like, let's see if I can try. Like, I don't know. Just basically, Jacqueline knows she doesn't really have any other cards to play. So she's just mm-hmm. kind of, like, listening to Natalie. Because, you know, what does she have to lose? Yeah. So they vote for Jacqueline. And Jacqueline has the idol. So she's safe. And Baylor ends up going home. I know that was crazy. It was funny when Natalie like walks up. She's like, "Idols are more fun when you play them for someone else." And and John, she plays it for Jacqueline. Which I think, and she even says, "Oh, Jacqueline, did you did you vote for yeah. who I told you to?" And Jacqueline's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Okay, I'm playing this for Jack." And John's in the audience, all hyped. He's like, "He's like, I knew I liked her. I knew I liked her about Natalie." Yeah. It's it's it is sick because it's like, yeah, Natalie took John out, but I think you know, John is such a good sport, and then he like that he respects that move, and yeah, yeah, it's it's cool, and it, it's I think it's a it's a great idea on Natalie's part. Again, she's thinking she wants to build her resume. You know, I think she did the she did the the big move against John, but a second one in a row is just huge. Yeah. And, you know, we debated a little bit earlier about does it help you or hurt you to have a pair in the final two? 
And I don't, we don't know, but I, I think Natalie is right to not want to take any chances. And I think of choosing between Missy and Baylor and I guess Jacqueline too, like, I, I, I think if, if, like, if it was Baylor instead of Missy in the final three, like, I don't know, Baylor is a little bit more well-liked. I think, I, I think she is. And I think she definitely, I think she would have been able to speak to the jury better than her mom and i think she like had to be scrappy more than her mom yeah. and she actually did pull off some moves on her own without her mom so i think she stood a better shot so i think that that was a good choice i think now Nat- well natalie won she definitely is of the belief that it's dangerous to take two loved ones which i completely yeah. disagree i think she could have easily kept Missy and Baylor and she still would have won no matter what if the two of them were up there. So I don't really know if it matters. I think, so I think Natalie's thinking here is she doesn't know what the next challenge is going to be. And it could very well be one that Missy can still compete in like the yeah. one that they just had. So then if Missy or Baylor win immunity and they're the one making the decision, oh. yeah, they're, they, they have this agreement that they're going to bring Natalie. Exactly. But what if they brought, you know, like the other person that's left? That's a very good point. I didn't think about it like that. I, I don't, I don't know. There's, there's, there's no, there's no way to know. So we get back to camp and Natalie and Missy talk and Missy says, I'm not mad at you. It would have made me nervous to have you and your sister. So like she's in this moment, Missy's a class act. And that's kind of what you want to see opposed to, you know, Jacqueline's reaction. I, I yeah. like people who understand that it is a game. Yeah, I honestly, I, I respected Missy a lot in that moment. Like, she does yeah. say, you know, a little bit to us, the audience, versus Natalie. She does go into it a little bit more, but she does feel a sense of relief that she doesn't have to write her daughter's name down. But mm-hmm. then she, it also kind of sucks because her fate is entirely in their hands because she can't even really compete. Mm-hmm. she doesn't have Baylor so but yeah. yeah she was definitely she was definitely classy about it yeah she said she's sad but she gets it yeah so I to mean... your point of her not being able to compete we get <laughs> to this next challenge and it's a fucking doozy of a challenge oh my it god is physical with a capital P it looks so exhausting so exhausting so basically you're gonna start up on this this big tower and Missy's yeah Missy's sitting this one out and I'm going to go through this the best I can. <laughs> you have to raise down this structure in this order. You have to go down like a fireman's pole, and then you have to climb backwards down the slanted wall, slide into this like bale of hay. Ugh. And then once you get to the bottom, there's five different obstacles. You can go through them in any order you choose. They're all kind of different. And when you get to the end of each obstacle, there's a bag of puzzle pieces. You have to get all five, and then you need to bring your bags of puzzle pieces back up to that top of the structure by raising up this ginormous flight of stairs. Like this thing is, I don't know how many flights I would say. It's, they, uh, I can't remember that. I, he said how many stairs it was. I think it's like 50 something stairs. It's tall. Yeah. And okay. So then you're going to assemble your puzzle. And by the way, you're probably not going to be able to carry all five bags up at the same time. So you're going to have to make a couple trips. I think so, it's actually, um, I thought this was weird and that's why I noticed. It's actually after you get three, then you go up and bring the, the puzzle pieces and you have to go down through everything. And then your final two, you take back up. So it's like just like two it. so you sets couldn't, trips. 
You're not allowed to bring all five even if you wanted to. Yeah, you had they had to at three go up, which is just weird because it's an odd number. Yeah, like, why weird. why wouldn't you make six obstacles then so it could be first three you go? Because like three, I don't know, but whatever, Jeff, whatever you say. <laughs> so this puzzle has some twists and turns because once you assemble it, there's going to be three missing pieces that will have three shapes, like a diamond, a triangle, whatever. You're then going to race back down where there's this little key and you're going to match your shapes with the shapes there, which will contain three numbers. You memorize those numbers, you race back on up the stairs, you put it in this combination box or whatever, and then you pull the stick out of the thing. And if the combination is right, your flag will raise and you'll win. So it's going to be kind of complicated to go through this one. So we'll just paint broad strokes for now. By the way, it's also really windy, which is making it difficult. But <sighs> Natalie and Keith are off to a pretty strong start. And Jacqueline is kind of struggling. She's falling behind more so. Yeah. And it's really like, I don't even know if we need to get into like the physical part of it. I mean, I feel no, like it's hard. Yeah. There's, there's just five different obstacles. One of them is like a net crawl. So you just like crawl mm -hmm. over the net one. It's like kind of like a slanted monkey bar situation. So you could either climb or like walk over it really, if you wanted to. Then there's like this platform that's dangling from a beam and you like lay on the platform and use ropes underneath to pull yourself across then there's a balance beam that kind of has like a support bar on the top that you kind of just hold on to to walk through. And there's one more and I I, I couldn't place it. I, I missed it. I don't know if you remember, but mm -hmm. they're all something like that. So, yeah. So Natalie is, has kind of a lead on her puzzle, but then Jacqueline gets there too. And it's kind of anyone's game. One thing that's really interesting is Jacqueline's wearing, the, the puzzle is the Survivor logo. And Jacqueline's wearing, the only one wearing her buff. Yeah. And she kind of glances down at it for context of the puzzle, which I thought was really smart and just a nice coincidence. And she's catching up. And she was like dead last behind Keith and Natalie. You know what though? She, in the, it's not like she was that behind them because everyone no. knows and it was pissing me off jeff was just like jacqueline struggling like really really harping on it and he, i remember specifically i'm pretty sure when like jacqueline was on her fifth and they had just gotten up there like she was barely barely behind them and he's like jacqueline's lost a lot of time jacqueline's <laughs> exhausted and i'm like shut up jeff that's not true <laughs> Dude, if I were competing, I would get so frustrated with him narrating it. I'd yeah. be like, shut up. Let me concentrate. That would be so annoying. Especially when he would be like, oh, this person. I'd be like, don't tell me how to feel, Jeff. Mm-hmm. But Jacqueline actually finishes her puzzle first, and she heads down to get her numbers. She does take a little uh. bit of time because she falls. Like, when she goes down the fire pole, she lands pretty hard and she kind of takes her time getting up. Jeff goes and checks on her, but she's fine. She keeps going. Natalie heads down. Keith is still stuck on his puzzle. Like he's hopeless with that puzzle. Yeah. Jacqueline races back up. And at this point, Natalie kind of catches up to her, but she gets stuck untying. There's like a little cover over the number. So she has to untie that. And Jacqueline gets up to the top, puts her numbers in and she wins. That's crazy. Like I really like, I really did think that this was Keith or Natalie's to lose. So it was, yeah. it was surprising, but 
not as surprising as Jeff might, might have thought. <laughs> it, every, everyone's really happy for her, though, which is nice to see. Keith goes, I couldn't get that for nothing. That was a tough one. <laughs> I know. Well, it's, it is telling, though. The girls are, like, jumping for joy with their arms around each other while Keith stands yeah. there. So it's kind of like Keith knows at that point he's toast. And this is always the point where, again, if you're, if you're somebody who's new to the show... We're going to go into this, this final four, and Jacqueline has immunity, and you can't play any more idols. So the person with immunity really makes the deciding decision of who they're bringing. Yeah, pretty much. With how the numbers work out. So there is usually a lot of scrambling, people pitching, here's why you should take me, here's why you should keep me. Keith kind of does that, but not really. One thing I want to say before, when Keith's talking to us, he's just like, oh, wow, it's down to me or Missy. You know, Natalie saved saved Jack last week, so she, yeah. you know, she'll take Nat. Which, number one, Keith, isn't necessarily true. I feel like he's kind of, like, not even thinking about, like, oh, Natalie's the biggest threat. He's like, me versus Missy with his mindset, like, going into it. But he says, in regards to Natalie saving Jacqueline, so, you know, she'll take Natalie. That means big trouble for me is what it means big trouble and i just like wrote perhaps the most redundant way to say i'm in trouble that's <laughs> <laughs> so like oh keith oh, you gotta love him i mean okay ashley here's a question why do you think jacqueline isn't considering natalie more she kind of is because like we do know she goes and talks to missy about it i don't mm-hmm. know because it really blows my mind i just feel like it's clear as day as a viewer the moves Natalie has made, but I guess maybe like if you're Jacqueline, like, you know, Natalie did a couple things, but you don't know the behind the scenes of it. Like what Natalie has been, you know, planning all along and the things we know about it. I don't know, but I think it's very clear that Missy is a fucking goat. Yeah. And so to to your point, her Jacqueline and Missy have this conversation and Jacqueline brings up the idea of taking out Natalie and Missy goes, what would John say? And Jacqueline was like, he would say to vote her out. The, the thing that Jacqueline is thinking, the, her reason for wanting to vote Keith is that there's a lot of guys that Keith was close with on the jury. Yeah. And she's thinking that bringing him, he's going to get a lot of votes, which we do We do come back to that in the reunion. So we'll touch on that. But It's hard, but I, I think it's clear as day that like it's not even a question that missy should go home it is keith or natalie so that it it is surprising that missy's not on the table we get to tribal john still has a mustache (laughs) Uh, oh something else that i needed to point out well no i think this is actually comes in now but throughout this tribal and next tribal they pan to the jury every so often. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry, the cast just started fighting. But um, Alec, look, his mouth is wide open every single time they pan to him. Yeah, he's like really taking it all in. Anyway, they start off and Keith is like, you know, I think it's going to be me or Miss. And basically Jeff asks Natalie and Keith each the question of why why would like what make the case for the other person like why Mm -hmm. do they have a better shot at winning and um 
you know, Natalie says everybody likes a fireman. Like, he's a charismatic guy, and Keith goes, I like that. Yeah, yeah. she's like, everybody loves him. He's like, I like that. We're like, no, Keith, we don't, you, you don't want to love it right now. Right. And then he, they asked you the same question. He doesn't really have a good answer. He's like, yeah, she played a good game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, he, I think he, I think he said because of the way she played the game. And I feel like maybe for Keith to say it, he's actually just assi- really ac- assigning meaning to it. Like, I don't think he would say because of how Missy played the game. So then Natalie kind of says why she thinks that she should win and how she played a good game. I didn't really understand this. I was like, this isn't what you want to be doing right now, necessarily. I was really shocked. Like, she's like, yeah, like, I, I think I have a chance. I, I'm happy with how I played. I think I could win. I played this whole time without a loved one and how it, you know, gave me strength. And I I know, like, this is some final tribal shit. It was, it was weird, but I don't know. There's really not much else to say about it. We get to the vote and it goes... Keith, Missy, Keith, Keith, Keith is gonna go home. It's 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 we we knew it was coming, but it still hurts. Um, it really we see, does. We see we see a little moment where Baylor and John fist bump, and then Jeff gives his spiel about how you know now the power shifts to the the jury, and we got these eight people who you all had a hand in voting out, and they're gonna decide who wins. I um. D- Keith is a class act as always when when he leaves. He says, "So uh well that well all three of them voted for me. So I'm the one to blindside. It's three women. I can barely handle one woman at the house, much less three of them here. No hard feelings. I love them all." It's so fucking sweet. Yeah. Very sweet. Good yeah. He's a good sport. Keith can barely handle one woman, let alone three. Oh my god! Well, Big D, you know Big D, his wife. You know she she's gonna put him in his place. We'll get to that well, later. We we go back to the reunion and we we catch up with and Jeff is talking about how he caught up with Keith after he got voted off and he says the weirdest thing. He's like, "Who would have thought? If you asked, you know, if you asked my friends at the firehouse, like." Would Keith be sitting by the fire in Nicaragua or would he be coming back from the moon? They'd say I'm coming back from the moon. <laughs> like, what is What? What, Keith? But yeah, no, he's a good sport. It's so, it's so funny. And then we, we, after we go back to the, the reunion and we get to say hi to Big D, Keith's wife, Dana. They show his amazing wedding photo. Oh, I love it. It's so so good oh it's so good so I'll, i'm gonna um I, I always try and post some of the things that we mentioned in our instagram stories the day that this airs i'm gonna try to include keith's wedding photo it's so cute if you haven't seen it it's it's worth taking a look <laughs> um and the, the the one thing that's interesting is jeff says to big d he says is there anything that you know keith Keith or West did out here that you know embarrassed you that you would reprimand them for and I actually you know you're kind of expecting her to say something about the manners or the farts or the spitting yeah but she says something really profound and she says you know he made some comments to Missy about how she should be parenting her child and she says you don't tell another woman how to raise her baby yeah and I was just like 
Good on you, Big D. Yeah. Good on you. And we need to say, we're That's calling it. her Big D because Keith, when he ultimately does return in a later season, which we're so happy about, he refers to her <laughs> as Big D there. I believe she's Sorry. introduced to us as D. No, I called her Big D earlier because I just affectionately call her Big D like Keith does. But we don't see that, I don't think, this season. So mm-hmm. Keith says it later. He refers to her yeah. as Big D. But we know her as Dana now. So just mm-hmm. let you know we're not nicknaming people. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, we have, but yeah, that's not but this is not doing. the case. She she also just mentions, you know, with, with the spitting and everything. She goes, well, yeah, that's, that's kind of who he is. You know, what you see is what you get with Keith. Yeah, that's very <laughs> well, true. I love him. He stole my heart. I Is he maybe voting for Trump? It's possible. Do I love him any less? No, I don't. Yeah, like, I mean, until I hear it from his mouth, you never know. Maybe he's a right. maybe he's a libertarian. Maybe he's going third party. Yeah, maybe you know what? Maybe he's just not voting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So we got an all female file three. You love to fucking see it. Yeah, I always do like to see that. Um, this one, I feel like if it was Natalie and Keith, it would be such a tough one. Hmm. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. We get to the brunch, and to start, we really just see mimosas and bananas, and I'm like, excuse me, where's the spread? I know, I'm thinking they maybe they're like, they already put the bacon on the fire or something, and they need to wait, but there still was a hunk of cheese. Why aren't they tearing into the hunk of cheese? Mm -hmm. I I literally, like, Natalie and uh, Jacqueline are both, like, eating a banana. I'm like, Mm -hmm. banana? I know. Well, then we see them cooking up some bacon, and I'm like, all right, all right. But yeah, I, I would have liked uh, to linger a little bit longer on the spread, but that's just that's just me. Yeah. Well, I know there was cheese. Natalie was very excited about a mango, mm-hmm. bacon, eggs. We we get another clip of Na- of Jacqueline saying, you know, the money would mean more to her because she'd have the money to start a family. But more than the money, the title of sole survivor would mean so much to all of the other girls out there with MRKH, you know, to show that they, you can overcome anything. Yeah, nice sentiment. We get right into Final Tribal. There's not a lot of fluff. Yeah. The first thing, we see Keith cleaned up with just the brightest Hawaiian shirt you could ever imagine. I love it. I feel like, okay, I wonder, like, in Keith's life at home, back in Louisiana, if he often wears a Hawaiian shirt. I'm just wondering, he was like, oh, I need to get some resort wear, big D. And, like, <laughs> what do people wear on vacation? And that, that's what he came up with. I really love it. And, Ashley, I think you're going to love this fact. I don't know if you know this. Oh, my God. My dad, so my dad's not retired, but before, when he had an office job and would go to work, it, he he has really like a uniform, you know, slacks, a button down. If it's cold, maybe a sweater vest. Like Doug is a he's a, he's a well dressed man. He worked at a men's clothing store for years, so he he has a very polished look. But every single Friday during the summer, he wears a Hawaiian shirt. Oh my god, that's amazing! I didn't know. And it's a different one. He ha- he really prides himself on his Hawaiian shirt collection. Oh and I don't know quite how it started. I know that he he went to Key West a lot when he was younger. But he this one time I like brought I had friends over. It's actually Samita and um one you know one of our other friends. And this is the first time they came over. And 
he was wearing his Hawaiian shirt because it was a Friday. Yeah, obviously. And some, somebody remarked on it, and he just, like, took that moment to start cataloging every Hawaiian shirt he has. And he just, like, was like, and then I had this one with pink flowers. And we're like, oh, my God, no, we get it. We, we understand. It's just something that I find truly adorable. That's hilarious because I just, like, guess I don't see him necessarily in my head as a Hawaiian shirt guy. But then also I remember he had hair down to his waist in his youth. So Doug is yeah, full of surprises. This is my dad, by the way, guys, if you're curious. He is, he is quite the character. Yeah, we just love so, dads here. And I think that's why we love <laughs> we love Keith so much and why we love yeah. his Hawaiian shirt. We love our dads. Another reminder, when we hit... 10,000 listens right now we're hovering around 3,000 so we got we got a few to go but when we hit that 10,000 listen mark we're gonna share Ashley's dad's penne or rigatoni vodka recipe which is incredible yeah be excited tell all your friends to listen yeah if you want that recipe and I'm telling you it's my go-to recipe if I'm ever having people over it's it's just incredible Anyway, back to Survivor. <laughs> Mizzy compares it to a murder trial. I know. Oh my god, no. You don't do that. <sighs> so, it, basically, everybody is going to get to make their opening statement. Missy makes hers, and her whole, her whole pillar, her whole campaign, you know, what is it called when you have, a, like, a campaign... The, the the whole thing that she's running on is her loyalty. Her platform. Her platform, thank you. <laughs> Kindling! Kindling! Yes. Oh, God. So her whole platform is loyalty, that she's been loyal through and through. She said voting out John was really hard. She also mentions, you know, hey, I broke my foot and literally finished a challenge. Again, we pan to Alec, and his mouth is just agape. Like, it's just like, you look like a trout. <laughs> yeah, and I she she says that, you know, her platform i really she breaks it down to us at the end is integrity dignity and loyalty now i do want to say i think we we glazed over this when we were talking about the day 39 breakfast um missy says she's not scared about talking to the guys on the jury like she mentions it's seven men and she's she's not worried because she's been married and divorced three times i'm like how is that preparing you for talking to the jury of men like, clearly, I feel like that would say maybe you're not the best with men. Mm-hmm. But apparently this that that's something, too, she's thinking about going in. It will help her. It's Jacqueline's turn to make her opening statement next. She talks about how she was often in the middle position. She was the swing bow. And, you know, if it wasn't for her switching her alliance, Missy and Natalie wouldn't be there. She also then talks about... um mrkh and how that made her who she is she felt alone but then she felt strength and honestly i thought it was a pretty good speech yeah it was good but it it can't compare to natalie i mean i i like that when they can open and straight out the gate without having to be prompted this is how i outwitted outplayed and outlasted so Mm -hmm. she which is the goal of the game yeah and so she breaks it down she says i witted I outwitted by making smart, risky, and sometimes scary moves all by myself. Um, Outplay, she was always great in challenges. She went to exile twice by herself, and she pulls her weight around camp. No one ever called her lazy. And then Outlast, I mean, her sister, Nadia, was out first, and that changed the way she played. Instead of just getting through to the next tribal, you know, she was really focusing on going all the way. And 
she also this was a power move here Loved that, this. saying that that they should have voted out her last night and not keith if they had mm. made the right decision and so that's basically saying i got this you know i deserve it like i'm confident in that they messed up by bringing me here she's feeling good yeah so if you're watching a brand new season of survivor like if you watch season 40 if you're new to the show so at this point like at this point in the evolution of the game current present day they restructured tribal where you have to hit specific things like the outwit outlast outplay that's not how it is right now it's kind of like you can ask or say whatever you want so just keep that in mind the first person to go is John, and he is going to, by the way, I was watching this with my husband, Matt, and he was like, LOL at John's outfit, because it's kind of like a button down in shorts, and it's just, it's not my favorite Luke that I've seen. It's, it's, it's very, very preppy. Yeah. So he only wants to talk to Jacqueline, and he's giving her an opportunity, like, which I, I, I like this, because some people with loved ones, they just give a speech kind of in their honor, but he gives her the opportunity to present a big move that she was responsible for making and how that affected the final three. Because I think he knows that she is, which she does, she's going to get questions about, well, what did you do without, you know, that was separate from John. So he, right off the bat, he's like, let me let you set the record straight. What big move did you make on your own? And she says, voting out Josh. Yeah, which, yeah, I guess she thinks that if she did not make that decision, she wouldn't be up there, like choosing to play with the guys. And the, the thing, though, this is what we're presented. We don't know, because this this lasts hours and hours and hours and hours, I believe. Like, a really long time. So this is what we're getting, is John asking Jacqueline this. I'm sure he asked everyone the same question or, you know, asked additional questions. But it's interesting, because when you don't, we don't get any clips of John reinforcing that Jacqueline did do that we kind of just get him going sure sure or something you know what I mean so I don't I'd like to know if maybe he like was like yeah that's right you did just to yeah reinforce it or if his pride doesn't allow him I I, <laughs> I, I don't know that's a really excellent point we we don't know it, it this this could have gone on much longer yeah the thing that we see next is Sweet Keith in his Hawaiian shirt, and he says, hi, gals. <laughs> and he says to Natalie, he goes, Nat, how does it feel that the last words you ever spoke to me were a lie? And she's like, Keith, I, you know you know that you got to do what you got to do. Or no, sorry, Keith says to her, I know you got to do what you got to do, but I hate the lying. And... It, like she you know natalie's just like well i like i had to and that it's it's not it, very interesting it is, no but it is because it's funny because keith doesn't play like that during the game like when do you did you expect that from keith like now it's like now all of a sudden keith is like you lied to me like he, he keith you were there the whole time that's what that's what people do I think he had honestly no idea what to say. And they were like, you have to say something. Yeah. He, he could have been the ones like, oh, I'm proud of you all. Like, yeah, but I don't know. It's just funny. So then we get our boy, Alec. <laughs> and he says, now what was your biggest move? She says it was voting you off. And Alec goes, I knew you were going to say that. That probably gave Alec a lot of validation. Like, oh, like I yeah. was the big move. You know, I had an impact. Like he probably was like, because I was so dangerous. But no, like Natalie spells it out. She says, I knew that 
I could get Keith to work with me and like it would help me get out John. So I couldn't trust you like that. So I had to get rid of you. Mm-hmm. So then he says to Na- to Missy, he goes, all right, mama, you know, you played this, you were the mother of this game. What was so motherly about how you played this game? And just note, everyone reads face during mm-hmm. this. He's, oh, he's about to explode and you can tell. I, I didn't really take note of Missy's response because I didn't think it was that interesting. It wasn't. She's like, yeah, I was the mother. I tried to take care of everyone. Well, and she says, oh, you know, I had to direct people to, to vote how I wanted. And I'm like, I don't think you did that in a motherly way. And I don't think that's the case. Mm Mm-hmm. So then we get Baylor. She talks to her mom. She cries. And she's, she's just advocating for her mom to win she says you know we've always been on one foot hobbling through marriages and divorces and she's proud of her and she loves her and you know i don't i don't know really what else you would expect it's a sweet moment yeah it is sweet and and she's like oh missy's literally hobbling on one foot into the final three and it's kind of just like the rest of their life and she says this is the most incredible thing that missy's ever done in their life yeah so we have a few more to go some are more interesting than others Then we get Josh, and he says, Jacqueline, do you think that, you know, you're here because of your own merits or because of choices from stronger players? Obviously, this means John. And she says, no, every decision that her and John made, they made together, and they really debated and went through everything. And Josh says, okay, give us an example. And she says, voting you out. Yeah, I'm wondering how much everyone believes of that, though. I mean, it is true, but I wonder if, who knows what John's saying back at Ponderosa? Yeah, me too. About like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel, I feel like it could very well seem that John did everything. I mean, which we right. we know isn't the case. Yeah, they they really were a good team. Yeah. Then we get Wes, and there's there's really nothing. I I'll be honest, this was so boring. I like went to the bathroom during this <laughs> part because he he basically says like, you know, I got to play with my dad for all of you. What was it like getting to play with your loved ones? It's not really a lot of meat on the bone here. Well, well, yeah, Missy doesn't really say anything, and she does throw in, and I adore your dad. And I mean, same Missy, same. Um, mm-hmm. and then Jacqueline is like, you know, I think playing with a boyfriend's different than like a father daughter, brother sister, whatever. Um. Because it's a communication thing, like, and that's true. Like, as a boyfriend and girlfriend, they're not married or anything. Like, they're not family yet. You know, I feel like maybe communicating with that person is different than how you would talk to your dad or something. So I get that. But I feel like Natalie was able to make a good case here because she just mentions, you know, it's the longest she's ever been apart from her sister. You know, they've it's been only maybe a week and a half they've gone without seeing each other, let alone talking, and it's been thirty nine days. So I feel like that just kind of adds to her her journey. Mm-hmm. So then we get Jeremy, and I really liked what he had to say. He said, you know, I'm a student of this game, and the best player is going to win. And then he's like, Nat balled out. Mm-hmm. She balled out. So give her her credit. You know, we wish we were there, but we're not. Give her the credit she deserves. I don't have any questions. And I was just like, yes, Jeremy. Yeah, that's, that is really all that needed to be said. Um, I, I, I like when they use their time because it's, I don't know, people who are like, I haven't made up my mind. I I feel like for the most part, you kind of do know. And I, I like when they use their opportunity to advocate for a player that they think deserves to win. Yeah. So I, I liked that. But now we get 
to the main event. Oh my god. Okay. I, I wrote down the whole quote. I don't know. I'm, you probably did too, right? I didn't write down... I, I, tried, I got as many words as I could. Oh, I... If you would... Uh, yeah, I, I, I closed caption, wrote it down verbatim. By all means, go ahead. Okay, so now we get to read. Um, so I will paraphrase the brief things he says to Natalie and Jacqueline. He says, basically, you know, Natalie, I loved watching your gameplay. It was dynamic, you know, at sometimes spastic, but he liked it. Um, then to Jacqueline, I had a good time trying to play the game with you. So, you know, it's just all well and good with those two. Then he goes to Missy. And I remember, if you ask me what are the most memorable, you know, final tribal moments, there's only three I can think of. I think of, you know, the rat and the snake speech from season one. Mm -hmm. I remember some very cutting things that Corinne Kaplan says to Sugar in season 17, Gabon. And I remember this. Oh, but I also remember Brenda asking Dawn to take her fake teeth. Oh, oh, excuse me. How could I? I that 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 one's so traumatic. I block it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is pretty good. So, Reed says to Missy, "Missy, you cast yourself as the motherly figure, and fans of classic literary fiction will see through very quickly to who your true character was, which is the wicked stepmother, really, of the tribe." It's the eccentric woman who comes in and makes demands of everyone for the things to which she feels so entitled, you know? She spoils her children by perhaps giving them more rice at dinner or the best places to sleep at night in the shelter. She takes things that she's either not entitled to or didn't earn herself, which was always evidenced by the fact that you got more gimmies in this game than anyone and performed the worst out of anyone at challenges. Lastly, you made the quintessential wicked stepmother move by abusing the help, which in this case was the minority alliance throughout the game. You always made sure they felt inferior, you always kept them in their place, and you always made it imminently clear that they weren't coming to the ball that is the tribal council here this evening with you. So that to me feels like your fatal flaw in your whole plan, because unlike life in the game of Survivor, the outcasts are the one who get the final say. So in a sweeping moment of poetic justice, the people to which you were so rude and terrible to before relegating them to the jury with the help of your alliance are going to decide your fate this evening. This is why I love fairy tales, because they always have a happy ending and the wicked stepmother never wins. Nat, Jacqueline, good luck. Mike, drop! Oh my god, Reed. Oh my god. And I just love it because... You know he's rehearsed this in his like pacing in front of the bedroom mirror. Like, oh, Josh, how does this sound? Josh, what, what do you think? Should I tweak this word? Like, he he knows what he's going to say. And it's just like his mind is not even... He, he's not open to making any changes in his votes. It is not for Missy. It's truly, it's truly incredible. And I think this reminds me of, like, when the tribes merged and Missy was, you know, giving Baylor more rice and... He's not wrong, but it's just so fucking savage. It is savage because I feel like in general, this wasn't a very biting tribal count. Like no one was really attacking anyone. It was very much, it was pretty respectful. Like the most vicious thing we hear is Keith asking Natalie if how she feels about lying to him when we all know it's a game. Like that's, it doesn't seem very dramatic or it kind of seems all in good fun. This is just, 
as much as like the words aren't they're not that that mean but i think the sentiment behind them is really really savage and i just feel like it's kind of like a public shaming yeah it's it's extremely savage yeah and baylor Baylor starts to cry baylor's crying and missy's trying to comfort her and and like also to baylor like i feel like maybe you feel like an asshole one if this is what people think of you that you kind of took advantage and got babied and got more rice and got like that wouldn't make you feel good about yourself maybe she wasn't aware maybe she just doesn't like being called out but also kind of hearing this interaction with you and your mom is what is going to hurt her in the end you know that can't feel good so, so it's funny Ashley the thing that this made me think of and if this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler alert for our luxury item segment but I've I'm deep in Real Housewives of New York at this point I'm mid-season three and it's a big part of my life now <laughs> and I'm thinking about the Real Housewives of New York season two reunion when they're kind of coming after Luann and Bethany explains that you painted yourself into a corner because you wanted your whole brand to be elegance and class and manners. But then when you do that, the second that you act like a human being and you do something that is not in that ethos, then you look like a hypocrite. Yeah. And that's what it made me think of is like, you never want to be too much of one thing. You don't want to build your brand and survivor as loyalty because in the second you do something disloyal, you're a hypocrite. You don't want to build your brand as the nice guy. Cause then if you backstab somebody, it's, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. don't want to paint yourself into the corner being too much of one thing. And what Natalie has done so well is she's been loyal and she's backstab people. And she never said that she was one or the other. She said she was here to play the game, play it for her sister. And that's what she stands by. And that's where I think Missy went wrong. You can't brand yourself, if you will, as the mother of the game. And then only parent certain children, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That, that, I, that was just, I, that was very beautifully said. I think that's that's where she went wrong she shouldn't have tried to be a mom she should have just played it and this goes back to the point that you've made several times throughout this whole season is that it would be interesting to see all pretty much all of these players missy and baylor in particular play without their loved one because you you have two personalities not two personalities but you have two components in this game you have yourself but then you also have yourself in relation to the other person. Yeah, I definitely think those two. Really, I mean, I guess I maybe wasn't giving Missy much credit in this, but I really feel like I would like to see what Baylor could do without Missy there. I feel like those two were the most impacted by each other. Mm-hmm. For sure, because they, they got the furthest together. We see a couple votes. We see... John vote for Jacqueline. Duh. We see Jeremy vote for Natalie. We see Baylor vote for Missy. And then we see Jeff uh, scurry off with the, the urn of votes <laughs> to, to the, the live studio audience. And then he reads the votes. We see everybody looking fresh. Missy, Jacqueline, and Natalie are all looking fire in their dresses. They look good. We see the votes. We got Jacqueline, Natalie. Jacqueline, Missy, Natalie, 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 Natalie wins. That is all we need. Uh, I, 
I get so worked. I cried. I I've seen this a thousand times, but I I cried a little bit. You did. Oh, yeah. So her and Nadia go hug their parents. It is a really cute moment. Yeah. I just like. I don't know. I know it happened like six years ago at this point, and I I know it's gonna happen. But it, it, I don't know. It's always nice to watch someone's life change like that. Do you want to go through the reunion a little bit? Because I can take us through it, and there's not a ton to discuss. Yeah, and also too, I don't know if they show this. I I did look up who voted for who. I don't, I don't, I don't know if they showed it on, oh, yeah. on the TV, but so we know at this point, um, Missy only got the one vote, which was obviously Baylor. Um, Jacqueline got two votes. They only showed those two. So it was John and Reed that voted for Jacqueline, which I found interesting. Yeah. Um, and then Natalie got the remaining votes of Jeremy, Alec, Keith, Josh, and Wes. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. Well, it's interesting, too, because Keith was kind of like, his only question, it seemed, was like, Natalie, how does it feel? And then he he still voted for her, so. Well, and so at one point, a little bit later on in the reunion, Jeff does play the game where he asks if Jacqueline had chosen differently and the final three was Missy, Keith, and Jacqueline, who would have gotten the most votes? Everybody raises their hand. Keith would have won. Yeah, but like you know what though, it wasn't like a landslide. I feel like Jeff's like we're no. missing a vote. We're missing a vote. So it wasn't like an enthusiastic yeah. Keith, Keith, Keith. And, but and Josh was kind of on the fence. Yeah, yeah. You're right. it, it, it would have been it would have been a fight, but he he, he would have had kind of a chance. Yeah, like um, likely would have won. So really, yeah, Jacqueline. It didn't really matter who she picked in that moment. Then some other fun moments Jeff kind of you know asked Keith about you know what was it like being out here without really having the strategy in mind and they they flash to one of the most iconic moments where he says stick to the plan and he <laughs> says that his buddies at the firehouse will, will tease him they'll be, he'll, he'll, he'll make a suggestion I'll be like hey you guys want to go mow the lawn they'll be like Keith stick to the plan <laughs> adorable yeah. I love it I love it um I really liked Jeremy's bow tie I think I, you know, I was like, I only saw like a, a tiny tidbit of the reunion. So. Okay. Well, it was, it was pretty cute. Um, there's also this weird, cause John Rocker is also there and uh, like Jeff gives him this airtime of being like, well, first he starts off by asking Natalie, like, dude, was that gameplay when you lost your cool on John Rocker? And she's like, no, that was, I truly blacked out and just went off. Yeah. But then he asked John Rocker, like, what was harder, like facing off against Barry Bonds or playing this game? I don't know who that is. I'm not into sports that way. But, you know, Jeff makes, Jeff goes out of his way to make this point. John Rocker, if, if you're tuning in just now, guys, by the way, he said some really, really racist, hateful shit in an article. And um, Jeff makes the point. He says, your two closest allies were a black man and a gay guy. And he doesn't really respond to it, but I just didn't, one, I didn't like that they're continuing to give this racist homophobe airtime. And I didn't like that Jeff is making the argument of like, oh, you, you had an alliance with a black man and a gay man. So like, he's implying that, oh, you must be okay. And I wonder if that's almost like Jeff's way of trying to defend the casting decision, but that doesn't cut it for me because you can be friends with a black person and still be a racist. 
you can be in a survivor alliance with a gay guy and still be homophobic. Yeah. Like, I just, ugh, I had to get that out of my chest. I know. I I didn't see it, but like, yeah, just even giving him the time, like maybe it is a way to defend the casting decision, but like maybe John Rocker could have also used it as an opportunity to redeem himself, but he clearly doesn't give a shit enough to, right? He doesn't really respond. He said. And then he, he goes on to be like, you know, we all joke, we, we all joke about Natalie, like blacking out now. We're all friends now. I don't know if that's true or not, and this, I mean, was, oh God, we could get into, like, a whole philosophical conversation about, like, can people redeem themselves? Are people actually capable of change and changing their mindset? I don't know. I, I, when we talked about it in the beginning of the season, I read his exact quote from the interview, and I think to that extent, when you say hate shit like that, that is so hateful, I, God, I, me, I hope he's changed, but I, I really don't think he has so i i wasn't here for it i didn't like that moment of the reunion let's move on to something more positive josh and reed they talk about how they were kind of pioneers because they were not only were they gay but they were christians and they talked a lot about their faith and they they share some really beautiful moments about how people have reached out to them and been like oh you know like i'm gay and i my father and i didn't really talk but then he saw you know, Josh and Reed on Survivor and then reached out to his son and, you know, like, realized that you can be both. You can be Christian and you can be gay. You know, one girl in the audience, you know, she says, like, love is love. And I think you guys represented Christianity Christianity beautifully. And it's it's a really nice, it's a really nice moment. I liked it. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I've seen this reunion a couple times in, in my day. So I, I do remember that. That's really nice. Okay, one note, and tell me if I'm crazy, because I kind of have, like, a face blindness, if you will. Um, You know, if I see a celebrity and they're wearing a hat, I, like, won't recognize them. Tell me if you think this is crazy. Okay. Josh kind of gives me, like, younger Neil Patrick Harris vibes. I Yeah, I, I can see that. And I, I don't mean to say just because they're both gay, but he has no. this, like... And especially in the reunion, especially in the reunion, Josh's hair is like sticking straight up and they have like these blonde hair and like, I don't know. No, just something about- some of their facial features. I was watching How I Met Your Mother last night when I was going to bed. I was like, Perfect. yeah, so no, I'm very, I can see NPH in my head. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> and also just like, um, maybe like, I mean, they're both like performers too. They, mm-hmm, you know. Exactly. Uh, jo- Jeff also started the reunion by being like, are John and Jacqueline still together? And they actually got engaged, Aww. which is so beautiful. And we know they're married now and they are trying to have a family. And we've said many times on this podcast, we love following along on their journey. I, I love it. Yeah, they are good people. The other thing that we do address is <laughs> Reed's infamous tribal speech and Missy says that it did hurt because what Reed doesn't realize is that Missy has been an actual stepmom IRL. Oh. And so that it hurt her. And, you know, Reed, Reed stands by what he said. He's like, look, in real life, like, I have no disrespect for you, Missy. This was all just about the gameplay. And so he stands by it. And because Jeff also kind of tries to be like, oh, you know, now that you're getting all this positive feedback for, like, you know, being a good Christian, like, does this in any way, like interfere jeopardize that and reads like no it's a game and I, I agree it's it's a game he said it in the context of a game it he is. wasn't like yeah you're a terrible person like he was he, he wasn't being like you're an actual stepmother it wasn't it was a an a, a metaphor yeah yeah exactly 
That's what I got. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're definitely going to talk about this again. Um, you know, I feel like we just watched it, so there's still some, like, thinking and processing we can do, and we can definitely, you know, next episode, give a more overall, this is what we thought of the season. But Maybe some fun facts. Yeah, maybe some fun facts, too. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy that Natalie wins this one. It's just a beautiful story, like, her sister gets eliminated first and you know the avenging jeremy thing and i she did she truly had the best case even against even against keith even though we love him you can argue he didn't really piss anyone off too much but it wasn't the most strategic gameplay yeah it's it's when somebody who i i don't know i wanted to make the statement of when somebody wins who is just like a good person but they didn't do anything that crazy it's a little bit of a bummer in some ways because it's just like and I don't know who's really coming to mind for me there but like I I don't know like I thought Tommy like one of the recent winners like he didn't really do anything that yeah good guy I don't know so yeah I'm glad Natalie won I thought she played an amazing game I think she she is an iconic winner definitely and you know, it was it, it makes sense why she was able to go so far in season 40, Winners at War, which if you haven't listened to us recap that season, those episodes are there for you to go back and yeah. listen to. But she's, she's great. And she's a fellow Jersey girl like us. I love her. You'd love to see it. So she's obviously our MVP of the episode, I think. Yeah. And even like besides winning, I just feel like, all her like her tribal speeches and everything and then her gameplay like she crushed it and i love that she stood up to john rocker earlier on yeah. in the season shall we get into our luxury item segment which i already kind of alluded to yeah do you, do you want to kick us off yeah so this is where we share things that we're into outside of survivor <laughs> As I said, sorry it's okay as i said I've been super, super into Real Housewives of New York. Ashley's mentioned this before that she, neither of us, we both are, have been exposed to the Real Housewives Bravo franchise, but neither of us have watched the entire series. And I, you know, we have a lot of friends who love it. My friend Samita, our friend Brian, not to say that Samita's not your friend too, but you know what I mean? We talk Brian's friend of the show. Um, so Ashley started watching it and it's not that I didn't want to, but I didn't want to because I didn't, I didn't know how good it would be to binge because I feel like everybody I know who is a fan has like watched it live. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, I don't know if it's going to be necessarily that good to binge, but oh my God, I'll tell you, I fucking love binging it. And now that I'm binging it. I'm like, I don't know how good this would be to not binge it if you were just waiting for episode at a time to come out. I know. You know, it's ex- it is exciting, though, because I follow like a lot of accounts on Instagram, like Lucy on the ground. Um, she I've seen a lot of recent seasons because she'll like live story them sometimes. So I feel like there's so much hype and they get spoilers and stuff. So it is really fun kind of living week by week, too, I'm sure. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm very impatient. So. So I'm like mid season three. It's really fun. It's really fun to have on in the background or as I go to sleep, if I miss something, it's not the end of the world. 
I feel like this is gonna sound really crazy, but it makes me more articulate because you watch it and it's literally just these women talking about things to death like just breaking down every they're like she looked at me the wrong way and this is what it looked like and this is what her eyeballs this is where they were looking at in the room and this is how I felt and I don't I don't know if that makes sense but it just I feel like since I've been watching that I'm just in a more talkative mood <laughs> makes you want to want to gab more yeah it's 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 so interesting I can't, I can't you just have to watch it Mm-hmm. It's on Hulu. Yeah, I'm I'm deep into I, I believe I just started season eight last night. Damn, how many are there total of twelve of it? Twelve. Yeah. Man, I, I do you think it's impressive that I'm in the middle of season three or is that's, that that's, I... that's way faster than I did because I feel like okay. sometimes I really like to make it a whole thing when I'm watching The Real Housewives. I either like I want to do it like on like a Saturday or Sunday, like and watch a bunch and then maybe once a week I'll have a couple glasses of wine and watch it like a bunch after work yeah it's a lot of fun that, that's really like all I've had going yeah well, I, I could I could share a couple others but but what do you got okay so this isn't a full review because I I I was really tired and I fell asleep during a part of it but I put on, did you know that there's a second Borat movie that just came out on Friday on Amazon Prime? Yeah. I put it on and like, I just thought Borat was so funny when it came out. And like, I randomly watched it like, again, it's, it's, I'm not a big movie person. So I kind of for, forget, especially when it's a comedy, like how funny it is. And I put Borat on, Courtney and I watched it, I think like a few years ago. And I just put on Borat too. And it's so funny like okay it is obviously inappropriate in some ways so i don't want and i might have something super offensive might have happened and i just didn't see it because i was sleeping during that moment but what i saw i was just cracking up i was dying really see i i have no desire to watch it but did you like the first borat movie I honestly don't fully remember it. Like, I think I saw it in high school, my ex-boyfriend. I think we got to the theater late. I think, like... Oh. I See, I feel like I saw it a couple times, like, shortly after it came out. Like, I, I remember it well. I remember people doing the voices. See, the people but... were annoying, I think. I think people yeah. people made it... They People took away from it with, with that. And, like, just the costume. Like... Yeah. No, it's it's really funny. I mean, okay, I think the the thing that's funny about it is when he's just like blatantly making fun of someone that you and I would not that you and I don't like to their face. Like there's this one the whole premise is like he ends up he's in he's he begins in Kazakhstan and he like ends up with his daughter who's like basically basically been living in a shack in the backyard since he was in, like imprisoned 14 years ago, like whenever the last movie came out. And so he grabs the daughter, they go to America, there's lots of misadventures, and he's at, at one point separated from her, and he finds out that she, on social media, she's like, go to the, like, something about our rights, rights, um, my God, what is it called? Rally, a rally for their rights, and I'm like, oh my God, is, is this an anti-mask thing? And yes, so literally, like, 
it's a but it's an actual rally like they go to a real rally i think and these are actually people that are like a mask is violating my rights and he sasha burn cohen as borat dresses up as like a country guy and he sings this song and it's about like how obama should have gone to jail and it's it's hilarious because these people in the crowd are cheering and they like don't know they're being made fun of that's interesting it's so funny like they're like yeah they're like it, it, I, I i i can't describe it you just need to watch it's so good that's that's so i yeah like i honestly don't think i would have thought twice about watching it so i'm glad that you mentioned it because now maybe i will i mean that's the thing i'm not a huge movie person either yeah it's funny and it, it's like culturally relevant yeah cool what else I we we talked about because we've also been watching The Bachelorette and I, I hope y'all listened to our episode with Brian where we recapped episode we didn't recap it but we discussed our hot takes on episode one and we we're not gonna do it every week but when something exciting happens we're we'll hop back on and discuss the tea. But I I listened to another podcast, Chatty Broads. It's with Becca Martinez from Ari's terrible season, but I really like Becca and her and her co-host are breaking it down and they have a lot of really interesting points. I'll share just one. I love that they explained that. I don't know how they know this, but Dale's and if you don't know the bachelorette, feel free to skip, but um, Dale's entrance was actually last. Yeah. But they edited it to be in the middle so if if you're watching it in chronological order and he comes out last and then Chris Harrison comes over and she says, my husband is here, she can mean anyone. But the way they edited it makes it seem like right after Dale comes over, she's like, I found my husband. Yeah, exactly. I, I did start listening to the Chatty Broads episode, but like I didn't I didn't get that far in, but I, I did get to that point. So I know it's all about the edit in Survivor in The Bachelor. Everywhere. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, we'll definitely have more to say, too. Like, I feel like the next time something majorly eventful happens, which could be this week. It could be. Then we'll plan on recording. Yeah, we'll for sure jump on. I'm also, so, like, honestly, I didn't realize how much TV impacts my life and my mood. I guess I did. But it's it's kind of nice now because it's like I have Dancing with the Stars on Monday nights to look forward to. And then I have The Bachelorette on Tuesday. But then I don't know I don't know what I'm gonna do because I also watch This Is Us and that's coming back on Tuesday, so I'm looking forward to that because I like that show. Yeah, you know the thing about This Is Us though, I feel like This Is Us is a you can watch it the next day show, but The Bachelorette, there's gonna be so much stuff online about it, and me and Brian are gonna want to talk to you about it. Yeah, okay, so, that's fair. I'll watch, so you I'll watch you that. need to watch the bat. I mean, except for I totally slacked and I didn't watch this week on time. Well, this week's episode sucked. It was so well, that's weird. the thing because I feel like I would have watched it. Like, I, I tried watching a little bit, and I was so tired, I fell asleep, and I was like, I feel like nothing is happening. But, like, next week, I feel like something's going down, or, like, this week, rather, on Tuesday. So, I'll watch. Right. Anything else that caught your eye this week? I'm trying to think. I mean, no. I, did did we want to give a Survivor shout to... Uh, Michelle, oh, Michelle uh, Fitzgerald, who shared her original Survivor audition tape on YouTube and posted it. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. So, yeah, everyone, we, we can, like, link that in the show notes. Yeah, that was that was really good. Yeah, that was... It, it was her original 
original tape and it's it's a gem i, I fucking love michelle yeah it was funny and it's like it's nice to see her because we you know she went like a little bit off the social media grid recently just because like dealing with a family situation but she's like slowly like returning more and more to social media and I, I missed her and wine wednesdays will be back soon i can't wait it also looks like i don't know what and not to transition from michelle to this person but it looks like wendell's cooking up um some exciting new projects i really love like i know i know i'm such a wendell stan but i i love like i really like home design stuff too so whenever he's like sharing a tutorial project i'd love to watch those but it looks like he has some exciting stuff coming i don't know what it is but it just looks like looks like he's been filming some shit i'm sure he'll let us know soon can't wait that's all that's yeah maybe bryce could give that's... us the scoop yeah. bryce friend of the show <laughs> brian and bryce gotta love them <laughs> Well, so we don't we don't know quite what we're gonna do next. I think we're gonna have try and have some friends of the show on to, to discuss this season as a whole and what they thought of it. Maybe just, you know, before we got into season twenty nine, we were just doing some lighter episodes, just shooting the shit. I, we might get back to that. We've also talked about actually I don't know if I brought it to you, Ashley, but Brian and I were talking about how it could be fun in the same way that we did a bachelor mini episode to do a dancing with the stars mini episode oh yeah i'm that would be fun i, I thought you were gonna say real housewives i was like yes but it's not current so it wouldn't make sense but no i i love talking about dancing with the stars so that would be fun um one thing i i want to do i'm like this is like my brainstorming session with you but recorded but I definitely think before Heroes versus Villains, since it's all returning players and they're so iconic, I feel like just like we did with Winners at War, like a little like not necessarily we had we did predictions, but we can't do that because we ultimately know who wins. But just like maybe mm -hmm. like giving a little intro to the players and like what we think about them going into this season. Right, that'd be good. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna watch Heroes versus Villains next, and I, it's season 20, right? Yeah. So I know I must have watched this live, because the first season that I started tuning in for was Gabon, right? Gabon? Yeah, 17. Yeah, so I definitely watched this, but it's, I haven't, I know you've watched a lot of things multiple times, I haven't watched this since it was live, though. Oh, Obviously, wow. I know who wins, but it's very, very fuzzy to me. Well, even me, I mean, I feel like this season, I don't necessarily, like, remember who goes home in what order. So, I, I, I'm surprised by some stuff. I'm excited to dig into it. Yeah. No, it, it is. It's going to be good. This is one of the most beloved seasons, so it's for a reason. And thank you to everyone who provided your input on Instagram about it and what we should watch next. We got a lot of people asking for this one. So we hope we, we can deliver on it. I think it'll be fun. And my only other item on the to-do list is if you enjoyed this episode, we would very much love if you could go to Apple podcasts and leave us a rating and review. I know everybody asks for it, but it really does help. We are a new show. We're not even a year old yet. Although, Hey, it's coming up. It's crazy. I know, and um, it really does help. We're an independent show. We are long form, which, you know, can be a struggle for some people to get used to, but we would really just appreciate the support. You can just tap the stars. You can write a couple of words, whatever you want to do. 
I know I always need to do it and forget. So just do it right now. Take out your phone. What else yeah. do you have to do? Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Appreciate it in advance. But that's all I got. I think we'll just we'll talk to you next week, and it'll be a little bit of a grab bag of an episode. I always like those. Those are fun. And maybe we can arrange a guest. I feel like we could. We have we have a couple people lined up. Yeah, it'll it'll be fun. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Ashley, I will talk to you later. Yeah, have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye.